Last week we learned the din of She'er Ksus Va'ona and the obligations of the husband in biblical terms. Today we will begin discussing what a husband's obligations are midrabanan on a, on a rabbinic level. We'll begin with the Rambam in Parak Yudbeis of Hilchos Ishus. The Rambam that we've quoted last week said there are ten things that a husband is obligated. Three of them of the Torah, those are the She'er Ksus Ve'onah that we discussed last week, and Shiv'ami Divrei Sofrim. In this context, it seems that Divrei Sofrim is the Rabbanon. We know the phrase Midivrei Sofrim is problematic in the Rambam, but nevertheless here it seems that it's Midrabanan as opposed to the ones that are Min HaTorah. The Rambam says, list off the seven, we'll deal with three of them today. One of them is Refu'ah. A husband is required to pay his wife's medical bills. These halachas that we're going to discuss today seem to be, according to the Rambam, monetary obligations, and therefore the Rambam Paskins and Parakid Beis, Halacha Vav, of Hilchas Ishus, Hisna Abal, Shalo Yizchayiv, Be'echad Men Advarim Shuchayiv Be'hem, O Shehitnei, So Isha Shalo Yizkei Abal, Be'echad Men Advarim Shuchayiv Be'hem Atnakayim. You can make a Tanai, you can stipulate before the marriage, a husband or the wife, that they do not want the monetary obligations to be binding. Of course, if the other side agrees, they'll get married without the Tanai. The Ram says, except for the three three things, that Tanai does not help at all. And one of them is the Ona, which we discussed last week as the marital relations between husband and wife, and the two other are the Ikar Aksuba and the Yerusha. The main part of the Ksuba, the idea of the Ksuba, let's remember that according to the Rambam, Ksuba is the Rabbanon. Or even though we saw in the Koteret, the Hilchas Ishus, we saw in the headline, the Hilchas Ishus, the Rambam said the Ksuba is Midaraisa, it seems to be Midaraisa. Nevertheless, in Allah, the Rambam said the Ksuba is the Rabbanon, and it now would work. And Yerusha, even though it's only the Rabbanon, the Rambam says, it's Midivay Sofim, Chachamim gave it a strength and said that it's night doesn't work. But by Rafua, the Ram says that tonight would work. In Perik Yudalid of Hilchasishus, the Ram explains even more in detail the halachas of Rafua. The Ram Paskins, Perik Yudalid, Halacha Yudzayin of Hilchasishus. Ha'isha Shechalsa, Chayev Lerapos Osa Achitavri. If a woman became ill, a husband is required to cure her. In, I assume it means to pay the medical bills until she becomes well. Then the Ram says, In a case where he sees that it's a long, protracted illness, and he wants to, he sees that he's going to lose a lot, a lot of money in paying all these medical bills. So he says, He says, you know what? Here's the money from Yuxuva, go take it. Or take the money from your ksuba and cure yourself, use it for the medical bills. Or he says, I will divorce you. And he gives it the ksuba. And he goes home. He, could, he is legally allowed to do this. It's interesting that the Ramam seems to say that you don't even have to divorce your wife. You just have to give her the ksuba money. If we'll read the Ramam very carefully... The Ram says, munachas is one option. A third option is ksuba. So it seems that the first option he doesn't give her the, the he doesn't give her a get at all. He just says, "I give you the ksuba," and he's allowed to do that. Of course, the Ramam says 
Ve'en roi lasoskeg, bipnei derech eretz. I, it's certainly not a proper thing to do. It's not considered within the world of Musr, the, within the world of ethics for a person to do such a thing, but technically, legally, he is allowed to do it. The Rambam has another case in Hilchaz Gerushin, Perek Yud Gimel, where the Rambam discusses a similar case of illness, but Nebuch, unfortunately, a mental illness. And the Rambam there says in Perek Yud of Hilchaz Gerushin Halacha Chav Gimel, Mishin is Charish Ishto, a woman who became deaf. So, she can, he can divorce her, and of course she can be divorced. This assumes that she has a certain amount of das, that she knows that what it means to be divorced, that she can't go back to her husband. If a woman became mentally ill, shota, a, literally, it means a fool, an idiot. Eino motzia achetavri. He is not allowed to divorce her until she becomes cured. The Ram says, "Vedavazet takanas chachamimu." This is a din of a takana. There's a din de rabana, and it's a takanas chachamim. Kedeshe lo yetia hefker leprutzin. In order that she shouldn't be considered hefker, because what's going to happen? No, she has no husband. For all practical purposes, she is defenseless. And we're afraid that people will take unfair advantage of her. She is enough of a shota that she doesn't, can't take, of herself, take care of herself properly. So therefore, the Chachamim said he shouldn't divorce her. The Ram says he could, he could leave her. He could remarry. He could marry someone else. The Ramam here seems to say that inasmuch as he can't divorce her, he is he shouldn't divorce her, but he doesn't have to support her. Then the Ram says, you don't have to pay her medical bills. Im Girsha Reza Mugureshes. It's only a, a Chachamim said he shouldn't divorce her, but if he did, she is divorced. The Ravid there argues and says, I don't understand. Amar Avram, in Basrefoy, Lama La Yischaivler Apasa. I don't understand. If she could be cured, why isn't he Chayev to pay the medical bills? We see women, we see cases where people become incapacitated, mentally incapacitated, but nevertheless they can be cured. So, if that's true, why wouldn't he have to pay her medical bills? It seems that the Rambam would explain that in the case of Hilchas Ishos, a man has the right to divorce his wife. A man, it's not considered musardik, it's not considered proper, but it's not against the takanas chachamim. And therefore, if he doesn't want to pay the medical bills, there's a way out. But And therefore, if he wants to stay married, he has to pay the medical bills. In this particular case, says the Magid Mishnah, he really would like to get divorced. He'd be willing to give her the divorce with exuba. But... Chachamim said he shouldn't do it. So therefore, in such a pe- in such a case, they did not make him pay 
the medical bills. It seems to be that he would have to give her the amount of the ksuba, but he wouldn't have to pay the rest of the bills. So we see in the Rambam that you do have to pay med- medical bills, and if you don't want to pay medical bills in a regular case, not in mental illness, but in a regular case, you would be allowed to divorce her, but you'd have to pay the medical bills. What kind of a din is this, that you have to pay the medical bills? The Mishnah in Ksuba is Taf Nun Aleph from Aleph, just states clearly, Laksa Chayav Lereposa. Among the Tnoim there of marriage that a husband is obligated, it says, Laksa, if she becomes ill, Chayav Lereposa. Tosfus and Taf Nun Beisam at Beis, at the very top, Tosfus says, Sherefua Yibichlau Mezonos. That Refua is included in Mezonos. What does it mean, Mezonos? What do Mezonos really mean? Mezonos mean that you have to support your wife. You have to give her food to eat. Now, isn't curing, paying medical bills similar to Mezonos? We remember in Chumash when it says that the um, the Paro decreed that all the Jewish children should be killed. And it said in Chumash that the um, the, those Jewish women, those Tzidkanios, went, and it said, They did not do what the king said. They caused them to live. Rashi points out that they gave them food. Not just that they didn't kill them and left them alive, but they sustained them. The concept of Mizanos is Chaim. And Chaim is not just food, it's Refu as well. So Tosfus says, that it's uh, under the rubric of Mazonos, a person's chayven refuah. Now, this would be understood according to Tosfus, who says that the chi of Mazonos, as we learned last week, is only drabanan. So Mazonos drabanan, and uh, refuah might be included under Mazonos, but that's also within drabanan. It seems to be an adjunct of Mazonos. There are Rishonim that disagree clearly with. Tosfus. The Ritva says there on Ksubis Tafnun Bezamit Bez, Bala Chayav Lurapulsa Mishum Takana Drabanan, Vulo Mishum Mazonas, Vulo Midin Mazonas. The Ritva says very clearly that the obligation of paying Rafua is not a din of Mazonas, it's a special Takana Drabanan. Now, it could be. There are Rishonim who think Mizonos would be Daraisa, like we learned last week. The Rambam, in fact, thinks Mizonos Daraisa. If you would include Refuah in Mizonos, one could even argue that the Chiyuv of Refuah, the obligation of Refuah is Daraisa. It seems in the Gemara that, that Refuah is Durabanan. So if Mizonos is all Durabanan, then Refuah can be included in Mizonos, it can be Durabanan. But if Mizonos is Daraisa, then either Refuah is not really included in Mizonos, or Refuah becomes a Chiyuv Daraisa. That would be a very big Chiddush. So the, the Britva says clearly that Mizonos is a Takana I'm sorry, that, that Refuah is a Takana Durabanan. What would be the difference between the Ritva and the Tosfus? Chi of Mizonos, they both agree, is the Rabban, is the Rabbanan. 
But the Tosus thinks it's Drabanan like Mazanas the Drabanan. There's Din Mazanas Madrabanan and included Mazanas as Rafua. Whereas the Ritva might learn that Mazanas the Raisa Drabanan, I'm not sure. But if you would hold that, that it's, whatever you hold is Mazanas, it doesn't apply to Rafua. That's a special Din. So one of the differences would be, what would happen in a case where a woman says, Aini Nizonas Veiniosa? A woman has the right to say, I do not want mazonos. Even if it's a biblical obligation for the husband to give her mazonos, and certainly if it's a rabbinic obligation, the, the Gemara explains that a woman gives up her salary to her husband in exchange for mazonos. As we pointed out last week, a woman has the right to say, I want mazonos, I don't want to go to work, I want mazonos. Right. The husband has no right to tell her, don't, I don't want to give you mazonos, go to work. The woman has the right to say, I don't want your mazonos, I will go to work and support myself. If she wants to keep her salary, she's entitled to do that. She just can't, in a way, have her cake and eat it too. It wouldn't be right for her to have all her money and take his money for all her expenses and then it seems that she has double the amount of money with no expenses. What would happen if a woman said, I, I do not want to be supported. I don't want your mazonas, but I won't take your money. And then she becomes ill. Assuming that her commitment may not be retracted, when she says, one could argue, can she change her mind every day as the situation arises? Or is it a one-time statement? Let's assume <coughs> it's a one-time statement, and she says, what would happen if then she became ill? According to Tosfus, since Rafu has included Mizanos, she waived her rights to Mizanos. Then the husband would not have to pay the medical bills. According to the Ritva, there's a special Takanat Rabbanan. It has nothing to do with Mizanos. So even though she waived her Mizanos, her rights to Mizanos, nevertheless, the husband would have to pay the medical bills. Bechomikre, it seems to be part of the package deal that the husband incurs when he becomes married, that he has to pay besides what we talked about last week, the clothing, the uh, food, besides mezonos, besides she'er, besides apartment, besides a place to live, diur, he also has to pay all her medical expenses. It's like an insurance policy that whatever befalls her, he has to pay for Another halacha that is included, well, in the obligations of a husband to his wife, <coughs> are the laws of pidyon. Uh, today, unfortunately, we know of cases where soldiers are kidnapped. But we should remember that in the time of the Gemara, unfortunately, in times of Rishonim, kidnapping was not such an unknown occurrence. In fact, uh, one of the famous stories about <coughs> the Maram Mirutenberg, Rav Meir Mirutenberg, is one of the Gedoli HaRishonim, one of the great Rishonim who was taken captive. And uh, the story is that he did not want to be ransomed because of the Mishnah that you shouldn't pay over, as it were, the going rate. A strange way of of talking about You have to, it's a big mitzvah, it's considered a mitzvah rabbah. 
to redeem people who were taken in captive, people who were kidnapped. It's a mitzvah, Rabbah. It's a very great mitzvah. The Gemara in Baba Basa has a whole sugya about Pinyon Shlim, how it's a mitzvah, Rabbah. But nevertheless, the Mishnah says you don't do this in a case of real extortion when we're afraid of what will be the ramifications of paying too much ransom. So, but the Mishnah says the husband's obligation is to pay the 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 um, the uh, pidyon. The Gemara in uh, in Ksubis says in that in that Mishnah that we quoted before in Daf Nun Beisamud Aleph and Daf Nun Aleph Amud Aleph. It says Nishbeis Chayav Lefdosa. If a woman was taken into captivity, so the husband has to has to re- redeem her. The Gemara explains, in a sense, in Daf Mem Zayin that there is a tit for tat relationship, quid pro quo. The Chachamim Tiknu Pirkona Tachas Peros. The fact that he eats the fruit, the income from her estate, is somehow. When we'll discuss that next time, when we learn the obligations of a wife, what a wife gives up when she becomes married. But it seems to be because he eats the peros, so therefore he would have to pay her ransom if she were taken into captive, into captivity. The Rambam in Hilchas Ishus Perik Yudalit Halacha Yudches explains this halacha. This is one of the ten obligations the Ram calls the seven that are midrabanan, and the Rambam in Hilchas Ishus. Perek Yudalid, Halacha Yudches. Hilchas Ishes Perek Yudalid, I'm sorry, Halacha Chav Gimel. The Ramam explains the laws of Pidyon. And the Ramam says that a husband is obligated to be pulled to his wife if she's taken to captivity. But, the same way you would say that we don't have to pay an exorbitant ransom, that would ab- apply to a wife as well. So the Rambam says, If she was taken to captivity, he must ransom her. If, she, if he is a Kohen, unfortunately, if she was taken to captivity, we assume that they took advantage of the lady in captivity, and in which case she would be ushered to her husband a Kohen, so, even though he would have to divorce her, they can't stay married. Nevertheless, the Rambam says, Paul Delsa, he has to redeem her. Then when she comes home from captivity, she'll have to go home to her parents. Even if he's not there. He has to take care of her. Until she goes home to her, her own country, her own home. He unfortunately has to divorce her, but he gives her the ksuba. It's not her fault. In the case of a woman whose husband is a regular Israel, in which case he can stay married to the shvuya no matter what happened. She is mutitim. He can take her back as a wife. She's like any other woman. If he wants to divorce her at some time, he is allowed to divorce her. But he has to give her the ksuba. But then the Rambam says, Ein mechayvim es habal, liftos es ishto b'yeser al damea. 
as we said before, you don't have to. He doesn't have to pay an exorbitant ransom, as it were. The going rate has to be paid. What would happen if, let's say, the ksuba is ten thousand dollars, and the captives want fifteen thousand dollars? So the Ramam says. What would happen in such a case where the person will say, What would happen if a man would come and say, Okay, I'll divorce her. I'll give her the $10,000 or deposit in her account or whatever way and let her go pay her own ransom. We would not listen to him. We would coerce him. We would make him pay the full amount, even if it's ten times what it says in Iksuba. Even if he can't afford it. So the Rambam's halacha, that you have to do pidyon, seems to be even more stringent than the law of, of Ripui. By medical bills, we said he is allowed to divorce her. We said it's not so nice, it's not so proper, but he's allowed to divorce her. In the case of Pinyon Shvuyim, where, as I said before, the Gemara calls it a mitzvah rabbah, it's a terrible thing to be in captivity, their husband has to pay the entire bill, he does not have an option of redeeming, of, of getting out of it. In fact, Bezdin, the Rambam says, if he's not there, Bezdin will go down to his property, then Bezdin has the right to sell the husband's property and pay the bills that are necessary the, to get her out of captivity. The last halacha, the third halacha that we'll discuss today is the halacha of kvura. Unfortunately, in the case of death, the husband has to pay the funeral bills as well. Again, the Gemara in Ksubis explains the obligation of Ksuba, and it seems to be a Takana Drabanan, that Memzainam base. The Gemara again will quote the quid pro quo involved. The fact that she brings into the marriage certain property, certain estate, her Ksuba, as it were, Rashi explains. Somehow, we translate today as the dowry that she brings with her to the marriage. That's the way it seems that it's a din midrabanan that he would have to pay the funeral expenses. And the Rambam, again, will quote this halacha in Perak Yudalid, halacha chavgimel. Mesa ishto, if a woman died, his wife died, chayev bikvurasa. He's got to pay the funeral bills. But not only the funeral bills, the Rambam says, You have to pay all the funeral expenses, not just to bury her, but to do all the funeral expenses as was as is the custom of the country. In the, sometimes it seems from the Gemara they used to hire people to give a hesped, people to wail in a certain way, to show the uh, mourning. And the Ram there goes on to say exactly uh, the least amount of, of instruments and, 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 and the cononym. And the Ram says, as we saw last week also, This halacha seems to be 
also, according to the Rambam, Midrabanan. One of the seven obligations of a husband to his wife, Midrabanan. The Rambam goes on to say, If a husband does not want to, divorce, to bury his wife, in other words, he doesn't want to pay the funeral bills, and someone else, Bezdin, whoever took care of the bills and paid it, so we would coerce the husband to take the money. No matter what would happen, if the husband is not present, we would go again to his estate and take away the money for the kvura. But as I said, it seems to be a dindrabanan. Now, there are Rishonim from whom it seems that this halacha, that he would have to pay the funeral expenses, might indeed not be just a dindrabanan, but might be daraisa. Now, you see, last week we learned she'er ksuz va'ona. So we discussed that ona seems to be marital relations, and she'er and ksus might mean clothes and food. In a more general sense, someone could argue and say that all the laws of taking care of your wife financially are included in the concept of she'er ksus va'ona. She'er is clothing and covering. We said last week that it might include rent, a house to live in as well, that's also a concept of covering. And and share, which is mezonos, means could mean refuah today. We learned that also. Maybe the generic idea would be that a husband has to take care of all his wife's expenses. If that's true, then everything we learned today may be possible to include in a Doraisa concept of share of share ksus. But it seems to me that kvura could be learned even more than the others, that it's a daraisa. I'm basing this argument on a Rambam, although the Rambam himself thinks clearly, seems to think clearly, that Kvura, the Chi of Kvura is Drabanan, one could argue that according to a principle of the Rambam, the concept of Kvura should be daraisa. The Rambam in Hilchas Avel, in Hilchas Avel, in the Laws of Mourning, the Rambam explains that according to biblical law, a Kohen is allowed to become Tameh, or that indeed must become Tameh, to six relatives. If we remember the beginning of Parshas Emor, Emor al-Akonim b'nei Aaron v'matol emor nefesh lo'i Tameh ba'amav, a Kohen is not allowed to become Tameh, kim l'she'er ha'akar ha'velav, only to his She'er. Now the Rambam interpreted this to me a general statement. A Kohen is allowed to be Tameh to his She'er. And who is his She'er? What does a She'er mean? Then the Torah goes on and mentions the six relatives to which a Kohen is allowed and perhaps required to be metame. His father, his mother, his brother, his sister, his, his son and his daughter. Six relatives. But the Rambam Paskins against certain Rishonim that a husband, according to biblical law, does not have to be metame to his wife. Some Rishonim think that the phrase kim the word she'er is referring to his wife. So some Rishonim think there are seven relatives you're allowed to become Tamitu, or you must become Tamitu. Your wife, your father, your brother, your mother, your sister, and your son and daughter. But the Rambam says there are only six relatives. There are only six relatives that a person has to be metame or be have Avelus Midaraisa. But the Rambam says, Midivrayim Sheyis Abel Ha'isha Alishto Hanesua. Midivrayim is clearly the Rambam. It's the Rabbanan. Midrabanan, a husband has to mourn his wife who is married to him. Married to him means Nesua and not halachically engaged. But then the Rambam says that a Kohen 
is metame to his wife. Baal karcha. Even he, even he doesn't want to. Now, if a husband's not really required according to biblical law, he's not allowed to be metame to his wife. So how could Rabbanan come up and say that a husband is metame to his wife? Generally, the Chachamim have a right to impose their will against the law of the Torah, B'Shev They can tell us not to do something. As we know, that in Rosh Hashanah, on Shabbos, Chachamim told us not to blow the shofar. On Sukkot, on, on, on Shabbos, Chachamim told us not to, not to take a luluf. But here, according to biblical law, the Kohen is not allowed to be metamit to his wife. And here you're saying that Midrabanan, you must be metamit to your wife? You're allowed to be metamit to your wife? How could that possibly be? It's kumbase that a coin is allowed to become tummy. So the Ram says in Hilchas Avil Perik Beis Halachazayin, Ishtal shal coin mistami la karcho ve'ena mitami la medavrisafim. A wife of a coin who passes away, the husband becomes tummy, the coin becomes tummy, even if he doesn't want to, but it's only medavrisafim. But why? So the Rambam says in three words the his explanation: Asua kameis mitzvah. This is considered a meis mitzvah. Then he elaborates, She'en la yoresh elahu, lo timlatzei misha yisasikba. The Rambam says, since the husband inherits her, nobody else is going to take care of her. So they consider it as a meis mitzvah. Now we remember the law of a meis mitzvah. If a person dies alone, no one is around to take care of him. So that anyone, it's a, considered a big mitzvah to take care of the dignity of man, the tselem elokim, of a person requires anybody to take care of this particular person who's called a mace mitzvah. And even a Kohen, who is not allowed to become Tameh, must become Tameh to a mace mitzvah. So, but usually a mace mitzvah means that you're alone, and you find a dead body, and you're the only person here. But here we're saying that a husband is always going to be considered as the only person there. And the Ramam explained, since no one else will take care, therefore... Even though there may be many people around, it's as if you're the only one there. If you're the only one there, it's a mace mitzvah. Mid they looked at it as a mace mitzvah. If that would be true, we could use the same argument to explain that a husband must pay the funeral expenses for his wife. Even though there are many other people there. But nevertheless, since the Ramam already said Nobody else will do it. Everybody will automatically look to the husband to do it. And if he won't do it, then who will do it? So therefore, you might argue it's considered a mes mitzvah. This theory that I suggest now, that the Chiyav Kvur Daraisa may be found, may be found in, the, in a Ravon in Simen Lam and Gimel. Interestingly enough, although the Ramam thought so, that a Kohen can be become Tame to his wife, he did not say that Chiyuv Kvura is Minatora in a similar fashion. Nevertheless, he said it's Durabanan. So according to the Rambam, the three halachas that we learned today are all Durabanan. The halachas of, of, of Rufua, Pidyon, and Kvura. The Chiyuv of paying the medical bills, ransom, and burial responsibilities seem to be according to the Ram Drabanan. One could have argued that these are all included in the concept of Sher Ksus or in the concept of Mazonos. At least, the Rafua certainly could be included in that. Nevertheless, the Ram thought that it's all Drabanan. Kavura is also Drabanan, but we made a case that some Rishonim might think that Chiyof Kavura is actually a Chiyof Daraisa.